In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages, amen. So in this gospel, this man who is born blind, not just blind, but where the, the, the tradition of the church, the history of the church tells us he was born with empty eye sockets. Okay, and um, so, and that's why the disciples get into this conversation with Jesus, you know, like who, who pardon my French, who, who messed up, who screwed up, you know, because it looks like this guy, you know, it looks like this, this guy came out of the factory like this, like this looks like a manufacturer's, you know, this looks like this, because you know the manufacturer's warranty, I have never once claimed the manufacturer's warranty, you know what I mean, but this one you could have maybe, maybe, maybe his parents could have claimed the manufacturer's warranty on this one, or, or then the other disciples saying, no, maybe it's because of the parents, you know, because it looks like he was, he was born this way, you know, he wasn't a kid who tripped over something and poked his eye out. Or No, he was born with empty eye sockets. And this is arguably one of the greatest miracles of Christ. It's right up there with, I mean, all the miracles of Christ are great, but it's right up there with the raising of the dead and so on. Because in this, in this miracle, this is why the, the, the Pharisees keep going back and forth with, the, with this man. I mean, I don't know how you found the dialogue between the man and the, and the chief priests and Pharisees. I find it annoying. Like, they keep asking him, did he heal? you is yes he healed me did you he heal yes yes and then he gets fed up and says what would he want to also be his disciples he gets fed up of asking right and the reason they, they couldn't accept it because if they accepted that Jesus did this then they accepted that Jesus is the creator Jesus created eyes for him he brought something out of non-existence into existence the, the 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 clay or the mud that he had him put on his on his um eyelids that stuff was outside of his eyes it's not it's not that's not what made eyes what made eyes was jesus he made something from nothing so if they accept this miracle they're accepting that jesus is the creator and so that's why they keep going back and forth with the man and the man gets fed up of answering their questions and they bring the parents in for questioning and so on right now if we pay careful attention you'll find in the psalm the psalm said answer me speedily O lord my spirit fails do not hide your face from me i think sometimes we feel like god is playing hide and go seek with us Sometimes we're praying and we're asking and imagine this guy imagine his parents imagine him Imagine how many times he asked God for a miracle or, or asked God to have mercy on him or asked God That somebody would just give him some lunch or some dinner imagine how many times this man prayed Lord answer me my spirit fails. I'm about to give up Lord. I'm hanging by a thread Help me out God help me out here Right? And how many times have we, have we prayed this prayer? And, and we feel that God is, is, uh, is, is playing hide-and-go-seek with us, kind of, or, or hiding from us, you know? But we know that's not true. We know that God is omnipresent. We know that God is everywhere. We know that He is, he, he, he is to be able to be found in all, of, in all of His creation. In Jeremiah 23, 23, God says, am I, God, uh, uh, am I a God near at hand, says the Lord? Am I not a God who is, afar, who is not afar off? 
God is saying, I am near you. Jeremiah 23, 23. Easy to remember. Jeremiah 23, 23. I am near you, God is saying. But sometimes we, we don't feel that. Sometimes we don't see that. Well, now, if somebody is standing right in front of me and I don't see them, what, what could you say? You could say that I am also blind to them. And St. Athanasius says to us, he, he, he says to us, he's explaining about the incarnation in the book on the incarnation. And he says, he says to us that no one has seen the Father at any time. He's quoting the Gospel of John chapter 1. And he's, no one has seen the Father at any time. The only begotten who is in the bosom of the Father, he has revealed him. This icon is called the bosom of the Father. And in it, what do we find? We find Christ. And we don't see the Father. But the icon draws our eyes to look in this direction. Jesus is drawing our eyes to look in this direction. And so we look at the Father, but we, don't, we haven't seen him, right? But then St. Athanasius goes on to explain, he says, don't think then that before the revelation of, of, of Jesus Christ, before Jesus being revealed, that nobody knew God. In fact, that's not true. Look at all the forefathers, he says. Look at Abraham, look at David, look at Isaiah, look at, look at all the people in the Old Testament who became a holy through their relationship with God without having known Jesus. Some of them prophesied about him and knew what they were prophesying about. Some of them prophesied about him and didn't know what they were prophesying about. But in any event, none of them had access to Jesus and yet they ma managed to, to live a life of communion with God to a, to a great degree and, and become holy and become saints. So we can't thus say that sainthood is only something that can be found in, or, or God can only be revealed through Christ, you know. But for sure, Jesus is the most clear, the most evident manifestation of God because no one has seen the Father at any time and the Holy Spirit he's he's the spirit he's like the wind blows where it wishes you don't know where it comes from you don't know where it goes says Jesus right but the only but Jesus was was tangible you could touch him you could eat with him you could sleep sleep beside him his disciples slept in the fields beside him and so on right and so God is with us god is near us the fact that i don't see him doesn't mean that he's not there it just means that maybe my eyes have not yet been opened to seeing him in the various different contexts in my life i have good news for you if you are like me and you have feel that god is playing hide and go seek with you in some areas of your life in your work at home wherever it may be right i have good news for you Today, we're, we're, we're worshiping a God who opens the eyes of the blind, who opens eye sockets that had nothing in them. People who were not able to see and never had the potential to do so. And now they can see. And then why? Why does all this happen? Sometimes we ask ourselves, why all of this pain? Why not, why not just create him with eyeballs, you know, from the very beginning? Let him be born with eyeballs. Jesus answers and he says, but that the works of God may be revealed in him. God reveals his work. God reveals himself through people. Oftentimes, not through the superheroes. 
oftentimes through the troubles, the trials, the tribulations, the hard times. In fact, St. Peter, writing to, the, writing to the people who were in Rome, who were undergoing the first major persecution, you know, so people were becoming Christian, things were good, people were happy, and then all of a sudden they start persecuting Christians, pulling them out of their homes, throwing them to the lions, and so on. And St. Peter says, he's writing a letter to them to encourage them, and he says to them, 1 Peter 1, 6, 7, and 8, and 9, he says, in, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. He says, you, you are a people of rejoicing, but now for a short time, you're grieved. You're, you're grieving various trials. Why? That the genuineness of your faith, much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's saying that when you put gold in the fire, it's tested and it's found to be true, pure gold. It's found to be real. It's to found to be something precious and worthy. How do you know that? When you put it in the refiner's, when you put it in the refiner's fire, right? And so it is for us. In the moments of, of darkness in our lives, in the moments of blindness in our lives, in the moments of loneliness in our lives, the word blind elicits many different meanings or interpretations. Oftentimes, oftentimes the word blindness is, is directly synonymous with the word loneliness uh, in Scripture, that is, right? We find that it's in these times that our faith are holding on to something which is greater than what we can see, what we can feel, what's tangible to us. That is what will get us through and that is, that is what is being tested here. And we see that at the end of the story. At the end of the story, something really beautiful happens when Jesus speaks to the man after he's been thrown out of the temple. But we'll save that, we'll save that for the end. Throughout the whole narrative, you know what's interesting is that we keep referring to the blind man as the blind man, you know? Like we keep calling him the blind man. We don't call him the healed man or the man with like zero day old eyeballs or we call him the blind man and he kind of keeps this name throughout the whole story and as the story progresses it becomes clear that it become, becomes clear that the, the chief priests and Pharisees don't know who Jesus is but he does so who's blind he knows, he sees something they don't see. He knows something they don't know. And so maybe God is kind of giving us a little ironic message here that sometimes we still appear to ourselves or appear to others to be the blind man. He's still dressed in rags. He still is unemployed and by all, you know, you know, uh, sort of uh, measures unemployable. Um, uh, you know, his parents just disowned him, basically. I mean, I mean he's still got problems, right? But, but the title, The Blind Man, 
is no longer valid. And I fear that you and I do the same thing as well. That sometimes God has opened our eyes to see Him, to, to appreciate Him, to enjoy Him. And we found pleasure and treasure in Christ. And we find a joy in Him. But our circumstances have not yet changed. So we continue to refer to ourselves as the blind man. We continue to refer to ourselves in, in our old nature, which is what was read in Colossians. In Colossians, St. Paul was telling the people in the reading today, he was telling them, put off the old man. You're no longer the old man. You are a new creation in Christ. Put off from your mouth all lying and deceit and filthy speech and blah, 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 and all these things. Put off all of these things, but put on the new man and put on above all things love fervent love for one another and he says put off once and he says put on three times to show us that there's so much more when we put off when we trade in our old man we get back so much more if you missed the reading this morning of the to st paul to the colossians pull it up on your coptic reader or find it later on today and Pay attention to how St. Paul says, put off the old stuff, all the lusts of the flesh and this and that, and put on, and put on, and put on. So many gifts are given to us. So let us not look at ourselves and then say, I'm still the blind man, right? Maybe I'm still dressed in rags. Maybe I'm still struggling to find a job. Maybe I'm still waiting on God for this or that or praying about whatever. Maybe I still have this conflict I haven't managed to resolve. Maybe, yes, but I am no longer blind. I am the beloved child of God. Lastly, I want to tell you that this blind man wasn't so blind even when he was blind. When, when he meets Jesus, after they has this conversation back and forth with the Pharisees, chief priests, and they bring the parents in, and then, and then finally they get fed up of him and they throw him out of the temple and they tell him, they tell him don't come back. You know, he gets barred from the temple and he goes and he goes out. Jesus goes and finds him. And Jesus finds him and he tells, Jesus asks him, do you believe in the son of god and he says to him the blind man answers him and he says who is he lord that i may believe he doesn't say who is he lord so i can weigh out you know the evidence the pros and cons he is ready to believe this was a believing man who was ready to believe now many times we've spoken about how Faith is based on evidence. What you believe is based on evidence. And I'm not contradicting that. And I'm not suggesting that this man had no reason to believe. I'm suggesting that this man had paid attention to all of the rational reasons why he should believe. Even if he was blind, he was able to collect evidence through his other senses. He was able to listen. He was, and he, and it, was, it was rational to him. It was something which made sense to him to believe that God was with us, to believe that God would, was with him, to believe that God was there. And so when he's presented with the opportunity to believe, his answer isn't, 
um, I don't know, or let me see, or let me think, or let me weigh out the options. His answer is, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And when Jesus says to him, I am he, he says to him, Lord, I believe. He says, he throws himself at Jesus' knees and he says to him, Lord, I believe. What does that sound like? That sounds like a Sunday gospel we're going to read in about three or four weeks, right? Thomas Sunday, the first Sunday after the resurrection. When St. Thomas sees Jesus, he throws himself at his feet and he says to him, my Lord and my God. This is the disposition of our souls that allows us to see before we have the eyeballs. And when we have the eyeballs, then we can see what we've always believed in already. This, this is what God wants for you and for me. If you feel that you're still in some kind of blindness, in some kind of darkness, in some kind of loneliness, assess the evidence and choose Choose to believe that when, when the evidence is made whole, when the last piece of the puzzle is given to you, you're ready and I'm ready to believe. Finally, God is everywhere, working in everything. St. Athanasius tells us he's clearly seen in all of creation. See, he, tell, he tells us that all of creation bears the fingerprints of its maker just as much as, as a, a piece of art is covered with the fingerprints of the artist. St. Paul tells us in Acts 17, yet he has not left himself without a testimony. He has not left himself without a witness. All of creation witnesses to him. Your brothers and sisters in the church, your fathers and mothers in the church, witness to him. And God is calling for you and I to, to open our eyes, to ask him to open our eyes, to see that witness and to believe so that we can rejoice for, for the purposes of our rejoicing in him and recognizing that we are no longer the blind man. We are healed. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I have sinned. Forgive me. My fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters, please pray for me.